Yes, 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 yes. Good morning, listeners. Today in the Good Morning Drive Show, we are hanging out with a very, very, very funny man. <laughs> Mugai Wali Yellow Boom, Titi Pasha. Yeah, so uh, my name is Tireleto Pasha, uh, better known as TT, TT Pasha. I am I'm 31 now. I uh, I grew up in Pretoria. Um, yeah, I started Nagikholete uh, Atrejville in Pretoria. I started my primary school that side, and uh, yeah, that's why I stayed with uh, my family. I'm uh, I'm the only child. Uh, my mom and my dad uh, so I grew up pretty pretty alone you know like in primary school I used to be that guy who yeah who plays alone and it was always a loner and stuff like that and, uh, but I always had my cousins with me and stuff like that so I never really felt alone and stuff you know but uh, oh, deep down inside I'd like to call myself a loner because of that you know so I attended primary school with Shuhong and um, after that, I went to high school, stayed in Pretoria. Do you remember the year? Yeah, started high school, got 2001. Mm. Uh, 2001, go to Hendrik school. Yeah, the Afrikaans English medium, but it was more English. It wasn't really that bad. It wasn't like, you know, the racism. The racism is always there, but it wasn't like 100. It was like more like 40% Nyana racist. <laughs> oh, you know? oh yeah. Yeah. you don't come from township school. <laughs> no, no, no. No, like, <laughs> no I, I, I did attend township schools, go primary. Primary. Yeah, primary school. And yeah. <clears throat> we got an opportunity to uh, to go to a high school, Barge and Rikferwood, because. Some guys called FEFSA, Future Engineers for South Africa, came in and they made us write uh, some tests and stuff like that. And at the time. And oh, it's not that. No, it's not like we had money at home or anything like that. We we were. I was literally lucky enough to get that opportunity because in primary school somehow I was a brilliant student. Like I was an A student. In primary school, I A, and then I don't know what the hell went wrong. in high school, I don't understand. There was like a, a little cross there where one Because primary school, I was brilliant. I was like an A student. You know what I'm saying? I used to ace everything. Uh, so th- those guys came through, and they were looking for a couple of students to 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 give an opportunity to, so they can study better schools and whatnot. Uh, so they took us in. Uh, with a couple of guys, they took the best students of Kukasi and then Barisa Seogo and and we started studying there. So you can understand that it was my first encounters with white people. Yeah. Uh, before that, no level from a distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're in class with this, you know, these white kids and these rich black kids, and I wasn't from a rich background, so it was it was a bit of a uh, a tough move. For me, you know, uh, because uh, I guess it also comes down to my personality as well. I adapt very quickly. 
you know mm-hmm. uh, I had to adapt very quickly and change my my thinking my mindset to say okay now we are at a white school we don't behave black anymore yeah now papa and now yeah. it's yeah full time and you don't just scratch your head oh I met him uh-uh. now you behave like these people you know what i'm saying so when i got to high school i started discovering myself and uh yeah which indirect it was helping you preparing you for the future it was preparing me for the future the yes mm. definitely because you know from there i learned how to adapt quickly mm. and not to relax mm. you know what i'm saying never to be comfortable uh because Everything that ever happened after that was me going out of my comfort zone. That's how things started changing in my life, you know. And I think it started from there to say, this is a huge leap. It was a huge change, uh, but I adapted to it, which was a great thing. And to me, it sort of came as a natural thing, you know. Um, yeah, I started doing well in grade 8, grade 9. And then got to all my head, discovered girls, discovered parties, discovered all sorts of things. And then that's where things, you know how it is. You know how it is. Yeah, Yeah, things started going south game more. Uh, But I I was very playful towards grade 10, 11 and 12 and whatnot. I was very playful. But I guess that's where I discovered the artistry in me. I didn't understand what it was, you know what I'm saying, at the time, I guess. Because I was very popular among my peers. I was very popular... I'm, I'm outspoken. I'm a funny guy. I mean, you had a lot of friends. A lot of them. A lot of, a lot of. Even those I didn't know were my friends were my friends. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I was one of those popular guys. I was always that guy that, that you know, people want to hang around and want to be around me and stuff like that. So, in the way the ones go to be, to attract a lot of. Friends, like no, something something papa, papa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm a funny character, and uh, you know, like mm. I make them laugh a lot, oh, and, and the okay. girls, the girls like me. Oh, okay. I'm easy on the eye, you oh. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the girls mm. liked me as well. So it was, mm. it was a combination of all that stuff. Plus, in Pumekas, I know mm. how to play, you know, kasi things, and then says in La Paya. So we teach them iskas, yabo. So it was it was one of those we used to organize house parties and I got popular really quickly from them. You know what I'm saying? I'm a house party, I'm a metric, but I feel that I buy a sassy with grade ten. Eh, come on, man. Yeah. So, yeah, so you understand that it was a it was a combination of a lot of things. Oh yeah, and then after standard ten your results and Yeah, no, my metric came and uh uh, matric, I didn't pass my matric. That was the first time I failed grade in my life. Uh, I failed matric, and I was really disappointed. I was, like, crushed. I was disappointed. I, you know, wanted just to die. Uh, but I went to, I went to, uh, Tony North College. Tony North College to upgrade my subject and whatnot. And mm. Before, oh, 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 you were talking about, tell us about South North College and whatnot. Mm. Uh, actually, what was your dream or something maybe push uh, often we achieve as they were saying maybe that mm. what I mean I've always wanted to be an actor I've always always wanted to be an actor like when I look at 
Um, I used to look at movies. I used to look at like a lot of series, and I, lo- I used to think to myself, well, "This is me, man." You know, I used to see myself there, oh, man. I could do better than that guy. You know what I'm saying? I could mm. do better than that person. And I felt like I wanted to present, like, well, your TV and stuff. Mm. I just didn't know how, or didn't find the opportunity at the time, or whatever. But I've always felt like, you know, entertainment is something that that I was meant for since a young age, Val. Uh, it's just that so you know, your TV has played a, a, a role so much. Of that course, would, of course. Because every time we visit my young presenters, now. yeah, yeah. When you look at guys like mm. Bos Piwe, Bumbani, Bumandisa, Bushade, you know, like they used to, they used to be my superstars. Like when I look at them, I felt like, oh my goodness. That is so me. You know what I mean? That was like, oh, soul parties. Felt like I was a soul party as well. Mm. Why can't I join this dynamite deep group dudes? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I used to like be very addicted to television. And I'd sit there, like most of the things that I learned, I learned because I was watching them on TV. Uh, like, I don't even know, but I was just watching TV a lot. And that sort of, you know what I'm saying? It sparked something within me. And, and I used to mimic everything that they used to do. That's one thing that I was good at. I was like mimicking what they do. And I at the time. So I was like doing everything. And I felt like that's the life for me. I've always wanted to do that. But because, you know, parents don't understand such things. And uh, they, they, they felt like, and I was also an A student. So they felt like, no, you can be a doctor. You can be a something else you know what i'm saying something bigger than just an entertainer because at the time entertainers didn't really make that much money and some of them died broke mm-hmm. you know it wasn't uh, a profession that people would look up to they they respected doctors they respected lawyers they, so they wanted me to be a doctor and take so, up maths and so whatever. you mean with uh, that failure of feeling grade 12 mm-hmm. affected my parents uncle so much yeah, that's for them. I think it was it was sort of an eye opener for them and for me as well. You know, it was it was an eye opener for everyone to say, "Hey, man, I, I'm not. He's, he's not that great. You know, he's he fails. You know, uh, <laughs> he's very playful. You know, he does things and and he's irresponsible and he does silly things. He likes parties and goes out and forgets about his schoolwork and stuff like that and." Uh, for me, it was sort of a way to say, bring yourself back to you and figure out what you want to do now, you know. Um, so I went to college and I started, uh, I wanted to study advertising because I felt like that's something that they would understand uh, because it's corporate, but it's also very playful. Yeah, mm. when, you're, when you're doing copywriting, when you're copy, I wanted to be a copywriter, you write adverts. So you come up with a lot of ideas and you play around and apparently you could go to work at a show, you know what I mean? And you and you could drink at work. And For me, that was like the ultimate life. I thought, now nah, I want to do advertising. Um, but advertising at the AAA School of Advertising is like 150000 for a year. My parents did not have that kind of money. They're like, do marketing. Marketing is not the same thing. Sort of the same, but it's not the same thing. I did marketing, but I felt bored by it. You know, so I was like, this is not for me. I dropped out. Uh, I got a job, started working at King Pie, uh, my first job ever. I started working there. and <laughs> Yeah, King, I used to sell pie, man. I used to make pie, bake, you know. I, I got sen- a few cents, you know, but I was still living at home. It was fine by then. Um, 
Yeah, my mom actually gave me my first job. Uh, she was my manager. She was managing the King Pie, and she was like, no, you can't just stay home. For, yeah. you know, work, yeah, do, do something. something. Yeah. So I started working there, and uh, straight after that, I got a job at the Department of Health. I worked at the Department of Health. I got fired. I went back to King Pie Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> I started living at a flat. And, yeah, no, life was a bit, like, it was getting real now, you know. Life was getting real. Uh, but throughout all of this, I was having so much fun, you know, with my friends and drinking. And Life is all about fun. Yeah, for me, it was it was about fun and partying. And Even the job that you wanted to do is left to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for me, it was it was just about it was just about having fun, and I didn't really take anything seriously. Most of the stuff that happened, I didn't take seriously. Um, I didn't take life too seriously at that at that point. Um, but there came a time where I was like, you know what? It's time to make a change, man. You know, it's time for me to change my life up. I felt like I was now getting bored with the parties, getting bored with the. It's time for me to do what I've always wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me challenge myself and see if I can actually go for my dreams and and achieve them. Before you reach that point, what, or is there a point that there you see that we have to change? Mm. What happened? Uh, it's just you know fights fights with my parents, and I was partying a lot and and I just seemed like my life was out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like I was enjoying the time with my friends a lot. You know, and because I was entertaining them, I was the entertainer. Like I could stand there for hours and just talk, and they would laugh and they loved having me around. They would buy me drinks and just come through, bro. Let's have fun. But it it also killed me in the sense that it, it, you know, it damaged my relationship with my parents. You know, my parents were also on some, what the hell are you doing? You know, and I, we feel like you're not going to live until thirty. The way you are partying every day, you're just up and down. They, picking you up your friends are picking you up in cars and then you get dropped off in the morning you're drunk you you know what i'm saying like you're out of control we don't know what to do with you and i remember having a conversation with myself to say okay cool now i'm pleasing everybody else but am i happy am i happy with my life the way it is right now and i remember saying until i do something that i was meant for on this earth i'm not going to find that happiness you know what i'm saying and I've always wanted to be on radio. I've always wanted to be a comedian. I've always wanted to be an actor. Um, but I've never pursued it. You know, what if I just go for it? The worst that could happen is people say no. That's it. Then I go back to find my job and then I get a wife and get a flat or whatever. And then I just carry on with my life. You know, so I decided with a friend of mine called Tabiso. Yeah, the turnaround year, I think it was 2012. 2012, we decided, you know what, man, let's just go. Let's, let's get out of here. Um, the company that we were working for was opening a branch, more more game. Game, yeah, more, yeah, more high felt more. So they were opening a branch to the side and they're like, there's a there's an opening for two guys if you want to go to Wetbank. It's like an hour from here. Uh, it's not too far. If you wanna if you wanna roll through, then you know we can give you the job. We're like, yeah, we'll do it. So cool. We got the thing. We got here. 
We were living in a room somewhere. We rented a room and then we started working. This side, life was, you know, at least we found a different environment now. We're, we're, it's, it's different where I had to adapt again. You know, now this is where we go back to the part where I adapted in high school, from primary school to high school. Now I had to adapt to a place where I have no idea what language they speak here. Mm. I didn't know what Zulu is. I used to hear it on Bukau. TV. I Bukau. never really, yeah, Bukau, Bukau. <laughs> and now suddenly, Hobarela Swan is frowned upon. Mm. And I'm like, how? Okay. And uh, yeah, man, you, you, are, you, you learn different things now. I had to forget about wherever I was, whatever I was doing, focus on my new life. This is my new life. Make a life for myself this side. Um, so I remember my 2013, after a year, I started having an interest in saying, I want to join a radio station. But at the time, there was... Um, Raz FM, no, but it was called what was it called? Gun Raz FM before that. Um, Cosmos, not Cosmos. No, no, no. The one, the, the one commercial radio station in Mumpumalang. Uh, I'll tell you though. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to join that radio station, but it was, it was commercial. So obviously, you needed experience for commercial radio. You mm. don't just get into commercial radio. So I thought to myself, let's start with community radio again because I researched it. Yeah, and I thought to myself, if you want to start somewhere, start at the bottom. Because when you're at the bottom, the only way to go is up. You know what I'm saying? When you start at a commercial, the only direction to go is down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I thought to myself, let's start small, man. I uh, I got myself a laptop. I got myself a program called Wave Lab, uh, where I used to record myself doing links. So I'd listen to the radio and what they do, how how they do the links. And I'd record myself doing that. Sort of thinking that I have my own show. I came up with the show name. Uh, I remember calling it the JEDEC show, which was stupid <laughs> thinking about it. But I used to call it the JEDEC show, and I used to record myself every single night, uh, you know, like doing a link, coming from a song, doing a, a two-minute piece, nyana, having a topic, going out, playing music. You know what I'm saying? So for me... I, I had the feeling that I'm, I'm on radio already. You know what I'm saying? Starting to create that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what happened was at Amalashini FM, they had auditions. Had auditions for new presenters. And I was like, this is it. This is my opportunity. I've been practicing this thing for months now. You know? It's time for me to go. It's time for me to join Amalashini FM. So when they had auditions, I was like, perfect. I went there. Um... They auditioned us in a group. They really liked me. I was dope because I, everybody else that was there at the competition, they were not even close, not even, not even half as prepared as I was. That's how much I wanted this. Like, I was hungry for it. And I was like, nobody is going to be better than me today, ever. No one can out-prepare me today. I was so prepared for that. So they did the whole audition where they pre they they uh, audition your personality. They liked my voice. They put me in studio. I did a beautiful link, and they're like, "Cool." Um, so out of the group, it was five. I think it was five of us. Uh, they they picked only one. So they're like, uh, "Dude, so unfortunately, you scored less points than this first person." Mm -hmm. So the the one the number one guy goes through, and you don't. I was so upset, bro. I was broken. I was like, there's no way. There's no way that guy is better than me. But I was like, you know what? It's cool. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. I left and I didn't write my name on the form. 
or my number <laughs> on the form. So I left Gavaya. Uh, but apparently the guy was looking for me. The, 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 the guy that they hired, mm. they didn't like him. He sucked when he got on air. And they wanted they wanted me now. So they, so they re- were looking realized for that me. they've made a mistake. Yeah, they realized that they made a mistake. They were looking for me now and they couldn't find me. One day drunk as hell with some chicks partying up my life a story. So I see the guy uh, who was auditioning me and I walk up to him. I'm like, dude, remember me? Hey man, I wanna come through and fetch that recording. The guy's like, God damn it, we've been looking for you, bro. We've been looking for you. Where were you? You never even left your phone number or whatever. Okay, cool. Let's exchange numbers. We want to see you on Monday. Come through to the office. I might have some something for you. Cool. I, I got excited. I was like, damn. All right, cool. So I got there Monday. Had a meeting with D. D is like, dude, we want to give you the voice of the station. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to do all our voices. Mm-hmm. So when we go to commercial breaks, that's you. You are listening to Amalasini FM. That's you. If we have... Every show that comes in, they want to do a promo that's you. Uh, so you're the voice of the station. We'll give you that. I'm like, oh, damn, that's dope, man. I'll take that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, straight after that, the next day, station manager calls me. Come in. I went to the station manager to meet with him. He's like, dude, so where are you working now? I'm like, I'm working at, at game. Um, and how much do you earn? Uh, my three point something. I'm like, okay, uh, here's what I can do. Um... I can offer you two point something and I want you to come and work for us. Five days a week, 12 to 3. Like, damn, okay. It's a salary cut, but it's me getting to do what I love and I getting to do it every single day. You know what I'm saying? It does not get better than that. It really doesn't. For me, I was like, you know what? Give me the contract. Now, I didn't even think about it. Actually, you're not even thinking about it was how, not even, how much they're going to offer you. I don't you. care. You to do I don't care. care I just money. want you to give me the contract. Where's the con? Let me sign. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't even care how much they gave me, bro. That's yeah. not, like, I have nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? I have everything to gain, though. So I, I, I joined them on Akhenia FM. They started me on 12 to 3, midday show, just by the way, you know. With a girl called Faith and CB, we, we did the Essential Adrenaline from 12 to 3 on FM. It was the happiest time of my life, I swear. Mm. I felt like now my life has direction. It has purpose, you know? Mm. It was almost like a, a revelation, like a moment where everything changes. You know when you have an epiphany? I feel like, I feel like it, was that, it was that moment where I felt like this is it. Now I'm starting to live. So I started doing that, and uh, I grew, obviously, on the station. I started doing many shows now, you know, because they felt like I was talented, and they knew that I was, you know, doing well for myself and whatever. Uh, so they offered me the Saturday show. I used to do the uh, the, the hip-hop show as well. Um, I started emceeing events a lot, you know, so a couple of cents here and there. Uh, falling in, you know, but still, you know, it's it's a it's a small little radio station, you know, and, and I'm the guy with potential. But now I'm starting to think that, you know, I'm starting to think that I'm a superstar now oh, yeah. because it's you're getting it. yeah because you're getting <laughs> VIP access that, to places, recognition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people recognize you, people love you now. You have a following on Facebook, mm. and you know things are changing. You know, mm. and I started feeling like, damn, this is it, man. Um, you start to party a lot, 
you know and I, I felt like okay cool at the time I also wanted to do stand-up comedy I was like all right cool let's do this then let's try this same way I applied the same mentality I applied to to radio I applied it to stand-up comedy I started studying stand-up comics I started watching comedians I started like reading about about it about the industry about you know up and downs of it and what what it takes to be a stand-up comic to stand there and watch people just do that damn thing you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um eventually I I thought let me put together a five five minute set started writing down jokes that I thought were really dope I tried them out on Facebook some people laughed some people liked them I'm like damn okay cool that works write it down and put together sort of a story yana for five minutes, you yeah. know, of where I'm from, what I do, what I love, and you know, where, yeah. like funny things in jail, funny yeah, little or stories. You yana. test yourself on your social media. Yeah, before you go. yeah, before yeah. I go on. Mm. So there was this place, Barricade Park, is in Monte Casino, still around. Uh, it's a it's a comedy club in Monte Casino. So they had um, Kamikaze. They call it Kamikaze. You come in, young guys, fresh off the industry. It's a it's a Five-minute competition. You get there, you do your five minutes. If you win, you go through to the next round. You win, you go to the next round. The ultimate winner gets 10,000 rand. At the time, I'm still here in Whitbank, but I travel there for five minutes. You know, I travel all the way to four ways to get there and do five minutes and then get my uncle uh, and sleep at my uncle's place in Joburg and then come back the next day. So I did that one time. I won the first round. Came back the second round, I won. The third round, I couldn't make it. I couldn't go. Uh, I think I was busy with something, and then it was gigs, and I was tired. It was all sorts of things. Uh, so, But I discovered that that thing is there, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a guy in Whitbank, who's a stand-up comedian, and he's starting to do shows. You know, he was starting to do comedy shows that side. Yeah. And because I'm on radio, I'm like, dude, I want to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a comic too, bro. Let me hook me up, man. I want to be on stage, bro. You know what I'm saying? So T.A.T. was doing a show, and he called me up. He's like, you come through, do your thing. I prepared another 10-minute set, killed on the night, and I was like, that's it. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my life now. You know what I'm saying? I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm also a radio personality. So I was starting to live my life. I was starting to feel like things are coming together. You know what I'm saying? But I was also losing focus because... Um, it's all fun and games, bro. It's all fun and games. Yeah, you just feel like your life is just a huge party from Monday until Monday. You just want to party all the way through, and it doesn't work like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you have to reach certain goals. You have to set set targets for yourself and make sure that you reach them. You know what I'm saying? Get closer and closer to your, your dreams and whatnot. You can't just be on com, uh, community radio. You have to move up have and to grow. move have on to grow. and grow and stuff. Yeah. Um, so what happened was I got an opportunity uh, to do voiceovers, right? Voiceovers for a, a mining company. Yeah. While I was at Emanathlin FM. So they're like, okay, cool. What happens is you come in, we give you a couple of things to just say you make it sound professional this is where I pushed myself as well I didn't even know how to speak but I had to do voice now they want a Soto guy who will speak 
sisutu sena ye hele hele tani manyeu makakailani ye 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 and I was like you know what it's a challenge man I never back down from a challenge let's do it came in first week was one of the hardest weeks ever I just felt rejected like you know when you try to do something and it does not sound like it's coming together it mm-hmm. just sounds horrible and you are wasting people's time and I just felt like these guys don't deserve this type of thing you know they they can just get a professional somewhere why am I even doing this but I never quit I never quit I was like you know what it's, it's more like the, the more you do it is the more yeah, better, yeah. But, but, but the thing is I had to study the whole night For me to be Half as good So the part of your job Yeah being a safari, The other part of your the job The other part of my job of course is also yeah. taking a bit of a knock You know what I'm saying Because um, I'm, the, I used to do the 12 to 3 show I have to come this side Early in the morning uh, Maybe like Get here, Gabuma seven, and then Gabuma ten, half past ten, eleven. I have to leave because no, no, no. Actually, got ten because I had to be at work at eleven. So I had to travel from Middleburg to Whitbank every day, which is also a big strain mm-hmm. on me. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like the, the also like the, the I've been I had been doing it for a while, the radio thing, but they were not paying that well. These voiceovers, you could literally mm-hmm. do this for a week. And I'd cover the rent. And I'd cover whatever it is that I make at the radio station. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was like, fucking hell. Why am I even doing this radio thing? Let me, let me just, let me pause it for a bit. Not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get to work because I felt like I was a superstar. I was like, you know what? I can't do 12 to 3, man. Can't you just put me on the breakfast show? They're like, not. They tell you where they want to put you. I'm like, okay, cool. It's almost time for changes, gay. Just consider that. Consider moving me, gay. They're like, okay, cool. But as as time goes by, I felt like, hey, this is too much now. Because I was always exhausted. And the work here was a lot. Uh, the voiceover work was a lot. So I went and I told them, you know what, man? It's either you move me to the breakfast or I, I stop working. They're like, okay, you know what? Since you're being stubborn, thank you. Uh, and I was like, damn, okay. Uh, but you know what? The guy in the AM, the guy who did the show before before the breakfast, the 3 to 6 in the morning, 3 to 6 AM, is leaving. So I can actually go there and do the 3 to 6. And then at 6, maybe sleep a little, get an 80, come here, do the voiceovers for the whole day, and then perfect. I got two jobs. You know what I'm saying? Perfect two jobs, I can juggle it. So I decided, cool, let me just take that slot. Oh, so you decided to quit? Yeah, no, no, I decided to, to stop the 12 to 3. But I started doing the 3 to 6 in the AM. Uh, was it 2013, 14? Somewhere there. Yeah, somewhere there. So I started to do I started to do that, and I was like, okay, cool. Um I'm doing, in the morning, I'm doing the show from 3 to 6 a.m. And then from there, I come here and I do the voiceovers. And then from there, after the voiceovers, I can go and sleep and do whatever. Um, But it started becoming a heavy burden because I'm also partying a lot. And I was also drinking at the time. 
You know what I'm saying? So ukvua ngo two two a.m. to go to thing cooler now. Yeah, no, of course, of course, that's standard, Joe. That's standard. Like I used to party heavy, man. So the the whole the whole thing is that I can't come from a party and then go straight to work. Five. Yo, I'm confusing. I just do an hour and then I'm out. So that discipline it got worse during December. Um, I think December 2016. I think it was 2016 at the time now. Um, December 2016, I decided, you know what? Screw it, man. No, no, no. It was 2015. 2015. Mm. I decided I because parties are I MC a, a festival mm. right and then after MCing a festival I have to then go straight to work mm. after work come here for voiceovers now this there's like three things that I'm doing it's a lot bro my body can't take it like I'm freaking exhausted and the Amarachini guys were like you know you're, you're messing up man you're missing shows now you're coming in two hours late sometimes you you don't even come you don't even tell us what you know what i'm saying they're like we're gonna have to let you go bro so i was fired i was like hey, screw it it's cool i still have voiceovers come to middleburg and i move here mm. and i start working at the studio full time now here's the messed up thing um the work here started getting becoming less and less and less and less. So I was very frustrated because I would just sit and do nothing. Mm. And I started drinking every day. Now, this is now from frustration. This is not partying anymore. Mm. This is not a nice time anymore. Now, I'm drinking because now I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do anymore. Um, I can't go back to Emalachini because I got fired. I I can't go to GMFM, I tried, they didn't, you know what I'm saying, they just gave me attitude and all sorts of things. And not from here sometimes. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, so it was a bit of a problem for me, I started doing voiceovers failure, and sometimes it would just be enough, just enough for the rent, just enough for the rent, what to eat, whatever, does it comes second. Uh, so I struggled for a while, man, uh, until I fell sick, um, I fell sick for like I think about three months. Mm. I was back and forth in the hospital because I'm diabetic, mm. and I've been diabetic since I was 21. So I stopped taking care of myself. I stopped eating right. I stopped. I, I was drinking every day. I was doing all sorts of things, and my health took a knock. And I was, I fell sick. I fell sick. I was close to death, basically. I was in the hospital for I think three months. Uh, I was back. I went back home, and things were bad. Yeah, things were bad. And at the time, I didn't even believe I was gonna make it out. I thought, well, I had a good run. It was great. Whatever. It's over now. You know. But by the grace of God, I recover. And my parents are like, "Are you really gonna go back there? Like, are you really gonna go back where you were and start this whole thing all over again?" You know what I'm saying? Because you were irresponsible the first time. But now you want to kill yourself for real. You know? Um, but I was stubborn. I was stubborn. I was like, you know what? This is my dream. This is what I want to do. 
And the only way for me to grow myself right now is through this path. This is the only path that I see that I can grow myself. Mm. I came back to Wetbank. I begged for my job back at Amalasini FM. The guy's like, all right, cool, man. I'll give you a weekend slot. I'm fine. For now, there's nothing. But because I know you were fire, bro, and we also missed you, bro, because the stuff that the people we were getting were all rubbish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're like, we'll, we'll try you out. Go weekend there. And then just don't disappoint me, bro. I, like, I will never disappoint you. So this time when I came back, I was like, you know, things have to be different. I stopped drinking. I stopped partying. And I was just remaining focused on my career. So, immediate, before I started the job, the guy who was doing 12 to 3 at the time quit. And suddenly I found myself back in my old slot. The slot that I started radio on. And I went back. Mm. And it was almost like a, a hand in a glove. It fit, fit. Just came in and fit so beautifully. And... After that, I told myself, you know what, I'm going to focus, I'm going to do this, I'm going to stand up and do the right thing now, because this is my career, this is my life. Um, things started happening, man. When you start focusing, when you start living positively and thinking the posi- positive way and start thinking about your future, things just come to you somehow. Uh, I remember David Gao was coming into town, I was doing uh, more jokes, he was on tour, Go the ridge. I called the ridge. They're like, speak to David. They gave me David's number. I was interviewing him on Emanathene FM, and then I was like, can I have a slot just to open for you? He's like, cool. And when I got there, uh, Skumba was there. Skumba was emceeing the the, the the show on the night. It means for you, or to Ubelapa a week on the radio station. It opened up a lot of doors. For a lot of doors, man. A lot of doors. Like literally, mm-hmm. like almost all the connections that I have source from there. So I started doing voice. Uh, I started doing um, that uh, stand-up comedy like seriously now mm-hmm. because Oskumba, I opened for him. Oskumba, what you know what, dog? I want you to come through to Joburg, Otreza, um Blacks Only. Blacks Only is one of the biggest shows in South Africa, yeah. bro. Like, it attracts 4,000 people, and every South African comedian wants to see themselves there. David Gow was impressed with my performance. He's like, you know what? I'll give you a five-minute slot to Blacks Only. Damn, this is dope, you know? Now my life looks like it has direction. Now the light is start, starting to shine, you know? So I, I decided to do that. Uh, I went to Blacks Only, killed it. Had a super awesome time. Skumba started touring. He started doing his own shows. He started calling me for his shows to open for him. And soon enough, I was meeting Celestin Tuli. I was meeting Sfisonene. These are the guys that I used to see on TV all the time. You know what I'm saying? That I used to look up to. Now suddenly, I'm in shows with them. I'm working with them. They, they appreciate my talent as well. They're like, you're very talented, bro. Why don't you move to Jober? You know? We get that you're in Emanathene FM, whatever, whatever, but you need to get out of there, bro. And I remember one day I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do because I feel like I'm I'm a big fish now, but in a small pond. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started calling around, and I found this guy's number, Vargit Len. He produces a show on YFM, mm-hmm. a weekend show. Saturday, 
uh, drive time show with a chick called Kuto Teledi. So I, I, I call up Glenn. I'm like, dude, like, hook me up, bro. Like, do you know someone that side or something? Let me just. It's like, I don't know if the program's manager will have a meeting with you yet. But what I can do is I can invite you as a comedian on the show because we have comics that come to the, to the show. And I was like, God damn, that's perfect. So he calls me up. I go there Saturday. I go there, go to the show, and I made sure, and I, I told myself, I was like, you know what, when I get there, I'm going to kill it so hard, so hard that it'll be hard for them to resist me. I promise you. So I remember they, they started interviewing me. The chick just started interviewing me. So what do you think about this and that? Fuck. Wah. Joke. Wah. Joke. Wah. You know what I'm saying? I killed her like literally from the first minute I walked in until the last minute I walked out of there. And she's like, you are from Whitbank? I, like I saw Bati a whip and comedian And I was like Ah this is gonna suck You know what I'm saying And I'm like You know what I'm actually on radio And I would love uh, I would love To come in And do something man Like A slot nyana on your show Or whatever And she's like You know what You're on radio And I'm like Yeah I'm on radio I, I do the breakfast show That side She's like Damn that's, ma- that's major Alright cool Let me do this Let me call you Later Later during the week, I'm going I'm to give you a call. And I'm like, huh? Okay, whatever. You know, you get promises from people all the time. They never really fulfill them. And I feel like, ah, it's one of those. It's one of those, yeah, it's like, I'm for now. Like, ah, all right, we are sharp. And she actually does call. She's like, dude, let me tell you something, man. Next week, I want you to come and co-host the show with me on Saturday. My program's manager wants to hear us on air. And I'm like, God damn it, this is freaking big, bro. This is YFM. I grew up listening to YFM. I grew up in Pretoria, Quatridgeville. I used to, you know what I'm saying? I used to listen to Fresh and Tato, Tato and Tato in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Unati. I used to listen to Rude Boy Paul. Like, YFM is a part of the culture, bro. You know? So when they told me to come co-host, I was completely honored. I was like, there's no way I'm going to take this lightly I'm gonna kill harder than I've ever killed in my life so cool I get there first show we do together on a Saturday bah it was awesome the reviews amazing people think my voice is nice the timing was correct our chemistry with her was proper as well so now it was time for changes go I it's around April that's when radio stations make changes April yeah the end of uh, end of the radio year, uh, 2017. So, uh, this chick is like, you know what, man? I want you to co-host the show with me. And I'm like, damn. Are you sure? She's like, yes. I'm going to speak to my program's manager, and I want you to come. Would you move to Joburg? I'm like, fuck, yeah, I would move to Joburg. I'm like, cool. <clears throat> She's like, cool. I'm going to give you a call as soon as I speak to him and hear what he says. All right, cool. I wait for her call. A week goes by. I get worried and I get disappointed. I was like, ah, I knew it. It was too good to be true, you know? Me, from MNSN FM to I, ah, it'll never happen, you know? She calls. She's like, dude, remember that call that you were waiting for? 
this is it, buddy. This is it. I almost cried, bro. Like, I was so emotional. She told me to come through. I'm co-hosting with her for a week. Now, she moved. They moved her to 12 to 3 during the week. So now she's doing the 12 to 3 during the week. And this is an opportunity for me to come in and co-host with her the 12 to 3 slot during the week. Yo, I was overwhelmed, man. Yeah. I was like, God damn, am I even ready for this? I was like, yes, hell yeah, I'm ready. I had been doing radio for like three years before that, four years before that. You know what I'm saying? So cool. Uh, I get to, I get to Joburg, do that whole thing for the whole week. And then they're like, we'll call you. I get the call. Come through, let's have a meeting on Monday. Monday, I get to the programs manager's office. Kuto is there. Programs manager sitting down. They're like, yeah, dude, uh, we heard you. We heard your relationship with her. There's definitely things we can change. We can grow and whatever. But all in all, I'm happy. Welcome to IFM. You're our IFM DJ. Oh, my God. It was like the heavens just opened, bro. Yeah. It was like contract everything I've ever dreamt. Dude, they gave me a contract. <laughs> I didn't even care what's in the contract, bro. I'm just one of, I'm a YFM DJ now. You know what I'm saying? It's pushing, yeah. I joined, so yeah, I joined YFM and started becoming a YFM DJ. I moved to Joburg. I started doing comedy shows that side. Now I'm a national artist. Um, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm attending parties with big guys. I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I'm famous now. Dude. Really? Yeah. It's like, it's, you're, you're, you automatically went from no one to becoming an A-lister. So That's you it. know your weaknesses that once you, you go, you hit that road, then you're gone. Yeah. Then it's, yeah. It's so I was like, I right, let's, let's remain focused. Let's do yeah. our thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's basically how uh, that happened, and uh, yeah, I was in YFM. I was a YFM DJ. I was doing stand-up comedy. I was stand-up comic. Yeah, I was yeah. doing voiceovers and an MC at the same time. So everything was coming together. Now we're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the YFM thing obviously um, went south. Uh, I did, I did it for a year, and then the programs manager that hired me left. So they got a new guy. And you know with new people, they want to bring their own people, they want to bring their own staff. Like every coach wants to bring the strongest players that they know. So obviously my contract was not renewed. He let me know, hey, we're not going to renew your contract. I was crushed. I was broken. I was like, really, God? So you're going to flash like a success in front of me and then take it away just like that you know but luckily i still had stand-up comedy so i'm doing a lot of shows and once you're in the circuit that's the nice thing about comedy once you're in the circuit you can move around and perform here perform there most comics know you so they book you so you can make rent you can make you know what i'm saying but that salary yfm is no longer there and now i had to hustle for myself i started doing uh emceeing gigs a lot more Voiceover gigs were back now. Uh, they came back and I started doing them, even though now I had to travel to Mpumalanga to go do them and then back Joburg or whatnot. But, you know, it's just a part of the hustle for me. Mm. So I met up with a guy uh, called Mpolakaji. 
um, we were doing a comedy. He was doing a comedy show. He called me up. He was like, dude, I want to do a comedy show. I want you to come through and MC it for me or whatever. So we got to talking while we at it. And he's like, so what else do you do? I'm like, I do radio. I was on Y and so on and so forth. And I explained to him my situation. He's like, dude, you're so amazing, bro. You're so amazing. I don't know why they would even let you go. But you know what? It's cool. Things happen for a reason. Hooked me up with a guy called Nick. Nick co-owns Massive Metro with DJ's Boo. And he's like, uh, Nick will give you a job, bro. You know what I'm saying? And you'll be back on air. And uh, Jose guy, I had a meeting with Nick. I had a meeting with um, the Massive guys. And uh, next thing you know, they give me a contract. And I was back on air. Yeah. Uh, I would sit in for the breakfast show I would sit in for DJ's boo when he's not around One time he came back And he's like let's just do the show together So we did a whole show for the whole week And he started appreciating me as well Saying you're a real talent man And don't don't let things Like the biggest thing That I think I've learned is Don't, don't ever let things Or your situation determine Who you are You know what I'm saying You need to stay focused and know what you want And Eventually, things will fall into place. Things always have a way of of finding you if they are meant for you. Yeah. What you need to do is stay focused until that very moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, suddenly, I was on a TV show called Verified mm. on SABC1. Um, I was acting over there. And I'm back on air. I'm on Massive Metro now. Stand-up comedy. I'm doing my one-man show pretty soon. Uh, everything is going extremely well. Tonight, I'm going to be in Leidenberg doing comedy. You know, some of the best in the country. So, for me, it, it's been a journey. But yeah. I feel I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface yet. It's like yeah. starting. It's it's, like yeah, this is just the beginning. For me, I feel like this is just the beginning. There's, there's still so much I need to achieve. If I can reach Jamie Foxx level success, then I'll be done.